Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Your Money Life podcast, episode 200 of the podcast. We are rounding out the year. Before we get into the episode, make sure you like, subscribe, five-star rate and review on anywhere you listen to on Spotify, Apple. If you're watching on YouTube, we had a lot of YouTube viewers last week. Make sure you like, subscribe, hit the notification bell so you know every time we go live and leave a comment. If you hear to my voice, I got a little bit under the weather again this time, um, but we're going to be okay. We're going to get through it. Because we're going to first and foremost start with our market update of the week. There was a bit going on, so we'll talk on PCE, personal expenditures, um, personal consumer expenditures, and how that's affecting the market so far. Let's dive into it. Um, so PCE is actually the Fed's gauge for um, the Fed's favorite gauge on inflation. So we actually got the numbers out this morning. It shows that it rose 0.2% in October and 3.5% from a year ago. This was in line with what economists expected. Um, again, personal spending um, is the Fed's favorite gauge. And again, it, it was a, the market kind of, if we look at it today where the Dow's up, the rest of the market is a little bit lower. Um, but it's, again, a strong gauge for what, you know, the Fed's looking for, um, and it's showing easing still. We're showing cooling in inflation, uh, uh, but we're still not at the 2% target that the Fed would like to see. Goods prices saw 0.3 decrease, 0.3% decrease, while services rose 0.2. Personal income and spending both rose 0.2% on the month. Um, again, this is one of those gauges. So if we take it to the chart, um, this week has been roughly flat to higher. So over five days, we're 0.02% up. So it was a really flat um, week so far. We had a big jump um, in the last couple of days. That's kind of tailored off. Um, and now we're seeing, again, we're roughly flat over the past five days. It's been a quiet, roughly quiet, quiet past week. Nothing crazy as far as the market. We're getting some of this data. There's been some earnings for some companies as well. Um, uh, you saw Foot Locker earnings, you saw some other companies I talked about on CNBC as well. So, um, those earnings did come out, but in general, there hasn't been that much news. And so I think the market is just digesting what it has so far. This PCE number is, is pretty much one of the bigger things we've seen Thursday. We also saw weekly jobless claims. They rose to 218,000, an increase of 7,000. From the previous period, uh, still slightly below the 220,000 estimate. Um, continuing claims, which were a week behind, they surged to 1.93 million, an increase of 86,000, and the highest level since November 27, 2021, the Labor Department said. So that seems to show a softening in the labor market. Um, the highest level since November 27, 2021. And it goes, you guys remember we talked about last week, we are in a seasonal time where there'll be seasonal hiring to figure out, to fit, to round out the year. So something to note, um, let's move on to big updates of the week. The biggest one was Elon Musk did the Deal Buck Summit, um, and he had an interview with a really good interviewer that runs the Deal Book Summit, um, and he pretty much said, GFY, go F yourself to advertise. This is his words, not mine. Um, he said this to advertisers after they um, have pushed back on him for some of the stuff he's been posting on Twitter, some of the stuff he's been allowing to be spread on Twitter. Um, and 
It has caused some brands to stop posting on the platform altogether, as well as boycott advertising, which he said will kill the company. But he said if they're going to blackmail him with money, he says they should go F themselves. Uh, it was a profanity-laced interview at the New York Times Dealbook Summit on Wednesday. Elon dismissed the idea that he was responsible for an ex- existential threat to the to the platform, formerly known as Twitter, and he expressed frustration with companies that have pulled their ads. This includes big names such as Disney, whose chief executive must singled out by name, Bob Iger. He singled out Bob Iger by name. He said the world will know that these advertisers killed the company. So he's going to document it in great detail. I watched some of the highlights from this interview, um, plan to when I have time to see the whole thing. Um, they're saying that the controversy could cost uh, X as much as $75 million, the Times reported. Uh, Mux message for brands, putting their marketing, um, put CEO Linda Yaccarino, who is on the front row, who is in the front row in a tough position. So she's the CEO. He effectively, obviously, is the chair of the company, but she's running day-to-day operations pretty much. Um, but she's in a tough position because she needs advertisers. The business model for Twitter, as we see it now, as it is now, is getting advertisers to pay to put their advertisers on the platform. He's trying to shift the business model to a subscription model from the consumers. It's not working all that well. He's trying to shift it to subscription model for verification, not working all that well. So he's trying to shift the model because it really needs advertising and advertisers to pull it out. Um, and so he's saying it's going to kill the company if they don't get it. I think you're going to see some people stand with him, some people stand against. Um, and yeah, you may see Twitter go away. I don't, I don't know how much, you know, they can take the hemorrhaging on advertising dollars um, for so much longer, especially based on what he's saying, the economics of the business and how it works. Moving forward to the U.S. in itself, growth in the U.S. was stronger last quarter than originally estimated. They accelerated to a 5.2% annualized pace on the GDP, the fastest since COVID restrictions were, limit, were lifted in late 2021. So the government releases preliminary numbers on GDP, then they audit these numbers. And when they usually audit the numbers, they see some things that need to change, they make revisions. Um, so the economy expanded in three months, ended in October, a lot more than we um, anticipated. Uh, first, the early measures was 4.9% in GDP. Now it's up to 5.2%. The Federal Reserve Bank of Atlanta expects real gross domestic product growth to slow to 2.1% in the final three months of the year. Um, growth is also expected to slow globally to 2.1% in 2024 from an expected 2.9% pace this year. Uh, this year, So upward revision on GDP, and that's good news. Consumers are still spending. Consumers still have um, ample cash to spend. People are still spending. Um, and so I think that's a big part of it. You'll see it's government spending. Consumer spending is a large, large part of GDP. Um, that's why, you know, you see so it, it plays such a, a big part. Inventory investment also does. Government spending also has a plays a part. But that consumer spending chunk, if you're seeing on YouTube, that blue marker, you see that's a large part. Consumers are still spending as of right now. So that'll play uh, into the larger economy as a whole. But what could play another part in the consumer spending is inflation slowing down. It's slowing down in October. We talked about that earlier. Um, again, volatile items such as the fuel, the perception, the personal consumption expenditure fell to annual rate of 3.5% in October from 3.7% in September. On a monthly basis, the index declined to 0.2% from 0.3%. Again, the Fed's favorite gauge, personal consumer expenditure um, 
that's another area where we're going to continue to see that. So keep our eyes on that. Uh, Let's move forward. Spotify's viral weekly wrap up. I don't know if any of you are music heads, podcasters, whatever you are, you get that Spotify weekly wrap up. They show that one, it has so much data. It's it launched yesterday and it's the streamer Spotify's chance to tell listeners their top genres and music, podcasting, all different things, artists, um, it's such a big hit usually uh, because you see people post it, people move it around. We saw in the and Your Money Life podcast countries that we had top listeners in, different things of that nature, good data to really get. Um, and so it's a thing that Spotify kind of spirited and, and, and has spearheaded. It started in 2016 um, and they've created it and made it shareable on Instagram graphics a few years later. In 2021, 120 million listeners peruse their personal recaps, and 60 million shared their raps on social. At this writing, the Spotify wrapped hashtag had nearly 70 billion views on TikTok. That's pretty impressive, and it's a great move for Spotify without doing any advertising. It's just an organic way to share their their platform, and people really, really um, take to that. So that's that's a big move. Remember when we talked about Bed Bath & Beyond dying and filing for bankruptcy not too long ago? Well... One of their retailers, it's Baby Products retailer, Bye Bye Baby, which it kind of been a bright spot in a company that was struggling. They're trying to stay, stage a comeback. Bed Bath & Beyond sold off Bye Bye Baby this summer after the bankruptcy that we talked about. Um, its future was uncertain, but now Bye Bye Baby's new owners have reopened 11 stores with plans for 100 plus new locations over the next three years. So Bye Bye Baby CEO's stores um, let shoppers test out the products like strollers and cradles, while getting help from associates, um, he also added that they full folks rack up bigger and pricier baby registries in actual stores versus online. If out of sight, out of mind. So they say people come into stores, they find things that they need much more likely for their registries, uh, for their baby registries versus when they do it online. Because they can forget about it. They forget to search something. But they're in stores, they're walking around, they see a bunch of stuff that they're going to need for their new baby. So they're making a comeback which is good to see a company um, that spun off of a bankrupt company, larger holding company, uh, now staging a bit of a comeback. Quite impressive. Um, we'll watch to see um, if if it, it, it comes to fruition. So we'll have to keep watching that. There wasn't much else in big news today, um, really, that was kind of the main main items. It's been kind of a quiet week, but let's move over to questions of the week. We'll start with questions of the week. It's going to focus on budgeting and consumerism. Let's see the first one. Let's dive into it. The first one is being, how much money does the average gamer, so the gamers out there, spend per month on their hobby? So that's gaming, in-store credits, in-game credits, buying different things, Um for a 2K person, the only time I ever spent money on a game was playing 2K. And it, like, yeah, that's the only time I ever spent. Like, uh, that was in the last couple of years, right? Well, that, I never spent money in game. I don't, I don't ever think. Um, and the answer is $76 per month on average. So $76 per month on average. The benefits, um, it's, it is a survey that was done by um, all home com- co- uh, connections. And they found that the average gamer spends seventy-six dollars a month or nine hundred twelve dollars a year. The average life expectancy is seventy-eight nine seventy-eight years old. Assuming that a gamer starts gaming at age of twelve, that amounts to sixty thousand dollars over a lifetime. Interesting. That's quite interesting. At least as long as people enjoy their hobby, 
I don't see anything wrong with that. It's 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 a hobby. It's something people do for fun. It's entertainment. It's content. It's it's enjoying yourself. Nothing wrong with that. Question of the day: What is the total value of tangible currency, meaning coins and banknotes across the world? That's interesting. Somewhere in the trillions, I would say. Um, so the question is pretty much: Have you ever said all the money in the world? That it's like, what is all the money in the world? The answer is around eight trillion USD. Interesting. Eight trillion USD is all the money in the world. Okay, that why does that seem low to me? Um. Okay, is interesting. So, visual capitalist was behind the numbers. They said tangible currency. What many people around the world think of as money is, is worth eight trillion. The world's total above ground gold reserves are estimated at two hundred five thousand two hundred thirty eight tons. But the World Gold Council, using the seventeen hundred fifty dollars spot price said the world's gold is worth 11.5 trillion billions around the world have collected a net worth of 12.7 trillion interesting that's a lot of trillions a lot of trillions we're not talking billions we're talking trillions here um what interesting i actually if you think about a conception that's a lot that's a lot well folks we've done another week make sure again you share like and subscribe to this podcast as well as on youtube we're seeing the youtube viewership rise keep doing the same thing we will speak to you next week